All right. Welcome to another episode of For Footballers Only. I'm Mike. I'm James Finney. And we have a special guest. Keith Tucker the third. Keith the oh wow. What? I didn't know I thought you were a junior. <laughs> Everybody thinks that I'm the third. My dad's junior. Oh wow. His nickname is literally Junior. He always, I'm Trey. <laughs> wow, wow. It's a nickname that never caught on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the the first, uh, wow. Okay, that, that's that's something you see. We learned the show ain't even started yet. We learned yeah. this. Wow. <laughs> All right. So I mean, you know, this has been a long time coming. So let's just get right into it. Where does your story, your football story, begin? Um, right here in D.C., right at Tacoma. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't remember a time I didn't have a soccer ball since my dad was a coach at Howard University. And I was so, you know, that kind of keeps you involved with the game from early on. So I really don't have a memory of when I exactly started. I just remember losing a lot to one team. Uh, We was a red team, they were the blue team, and that being a a league that my dad started so I could have some friends. And that's like, everything started right there, right on a, when we started at Tacoma, then we moved to Lincoln Road. Um, But no, right here in DC, one of the Washington Sock Club uh, founding players, uh, one of the original Tacoma ballers that played with Cab and Coach King. Um, one of, I'm just one of the OGs <laughs> out of the out of that neighborhood. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Uh, so let's. Um, so you started. You started playing in the program before Washington Soccer Club. Yeah, played. Uh, my dad started a league called Joe Cole League. Um, it really was the beginning of everything that kind of started with DC Score in that that era. Mm-hmm. But the Joe Cole League was specifically for like the underserved community. So, I mean, we did a lot. We did some tournaments too around that time. Uh, Ted Chambers Cup. All this stuff happened before uh, uh, watching the soccer club. That that was the impetus. Is that the right word? Impetus. Yes, I think so. That was the reason we started. They started watching soccer clubs because they started finding good players, and they were like realizing, like, okay, we could take it to another level, and uh, start making traveling teams because we was, we loved the game. Like, you know, it was, it was crazy. You know, a bunch of kids that really don't know anything about it, like the international side of the game, but we we're like highly passionate about getting buckets on Saturday or Sunday morning amongst our, our inner city league, and you know, we don't know who we're playing any week every week, but we just decided, like, all right, we can go out here and try to kill them, yeah, you know, play hard. So that was the. The pre the, those Joko League and Ted Chambers Cup was pre Washington Soccer Club, I believe, if I remember correct. Okay. So going yeah. back, right? Uh, how was it? Like, how was the environment like in Tacoma for a young kid playing football at that time? It was mad different. That was a different era of DC. So nobody liked soccer back then, for real. You know, if you're, I'm a black guy playing soccer mm-hmm. on the basketball court. We would have conversations with the basketball guys that wanted to play basketball. You know, we had these issues. Um, People are talking like stuff that they do now, like fashionable stuff, wearing soccer jerseys, or whatever. We would get talked about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of a lot of pioneering had to happen in that era to get to where it is now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can say now. I mean, it was all worth. I mean, mm. we made soccer cool. I'll be honest with you, we made it cool. Everywhere, every school I went to, soccer became the thing to do because we kept our Washingtonian uh, energy. We carried, we had that, we played basketball, we played football, played baseball, everything everybody else was doing in the community, but we loved soccer. And then our love and passion for soccer made soccer cool. So I never felt 
too much hate. It just became issues at a certain time when it's like, you're black, why do you play soccer? And stuff like that. But yeah. it wasn't nothing crazy. Traumatic from that community, at least. When we left the community, that's when it started to get weird. Yeah. All right. So before Washington Soccer Club, um, you're playing, you know, in these uh, tournaments and clubs, et cetera. But, you know, coming from your household with your dad and stuff, did you have a football idol? Well, at first, my dad, honestly, because he could do things with the ball that I ain't. I don't know. I never saw it before. He's catching the ball on his neck. That's why that's my favorite trick right now. I think that's the first thing I learned to do is catch the ball on the back of my neck. Uh, then, you know, he got old. So <laughs> he stopped being my idol. <laughs> and it turned into one of the Howard players. So I'm around Howard all the time. So my Howard player is Keith Fletcher. Um, he was one of my first idols. He's the one that was playing the game because we were ball boys at the field. He was in the game. He caught the ball in his shirt and ran with it. Right now, to me, that blew my mind because I'd never seen that before. Right. You know, got him a yellow card, but it was well worth it because after that, I was stuck on that. Like, up oh, catching the ball in my shirt, running with it. And just, you know, it was, Howard players became more of my role model. Shaka Hislop. You know, his, he was a goalie, but he could play on the field just as good as he could play in the goal. Um, his brother was like that. I can go down a list of Howard players that became my role models. Uh, Virtue, Andre Virtue, uh, Ray Goodlett, Jamani, and his brother Hashim Anderson, Greg Simmons, Mike Lawrence. I can go down the whole, the whole 97 team was like that. Blaine, I hope they see this too so they understand the impact because that's really what like, Okay, the way they played the game was like, okay, I want to come here. I mean, I wanted to come there regardless, but like now I want to come here and represent because that was generations of ballers that kind of like made me want to, you know, go to that school. Yeah. So then, okay, outside of the the Howard players, I mean, we we, we actually been through this, but um, you know what's coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you, you're, you're critical. Like you're you're famous for being critical of everybody's. <laughs> <laughs> like every you're, you're on the grab or everywhere, you know, just getting that people in person talking about the people's elevens are crazy. They're missing people, and I don't understand the ranking systems they got in there. <laughs> All right, so I'm sure people are gonna get at you, you know, regardless of what you say. But uh, the question is, who's your top eleven ballers of all time? Okay, we got Ronaldo. I'm not doing this in any order. Ronaldo, Ronaldo, El Phenomeno, Ronaldo. Yeah. You got Ronaldinho. Yeah. You got Cruyff, Maradona, and Pele, because you have to. Yeah. People left them off the list. It's crazy to me. Then you got Wea and Okocha. They have to be on the list. Okay. They have to be. I don't understand people leave them off the list. How many is that? That's seven. You got Roberto Carlos Zidane. Has to be on the list. Yeah. He's won everything as a player and a coach, but we'll, we'll get to him and the coaches 11. Right? <laughs> um, who am I got left? Two? You got two more, two more. What did I say? Huh? What did I say already? <laughs> you said Ronaldo, Messi. Uh, I didn't say Messi. No, you didn't, you didn't say Messi or, or Cristiano. You didn't say those two. Well, Messi, yeah, he's got he's up on my list now. Okay. Roberto Carlos is my other guy. You already Roberto said Roberto Carlos. Carlos. I said Roberto Carlos already? Yeah. yeah. So one more. There's one more. Oh, uh, Terry Henry. Mm. All right. That's a, yeah, I mean, that's All a. That's defensive players. I yeah. mean, defense is, defense is a, <laughs> <laughs> defense is an easy thing to do. There's a lot of hustling, tattoo stuff, but like, like Franz Beckenbauer is one of my favorite defenders or whatever, but mm -hmm. 
you know, people get bumped off the list every day. You show me something crazy when you got the ball at your feet. Like, oh, coach, come on, I'm going to leave him off for friends. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, no, that, I mean, that's a tough list. You you, you brought up Sadan. We might as well get into it uh, now. Given that, uh, you know, the current news is he's leaving at the end of the season. Um, he's leaving. That was fake news. No, it's it's real. Oh, yes, it's real. Yeah, I mean, well, it's what he said. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he, he may change his mind, but you know, and but I'm sure there's you know there's reasons why he's considering this. Um, how do you feel about it? I mean, as a Madrista, uh, I'm saddened, but I understand it completely because he can't get what he wants out of those players, and they, you know how Madrid is like if you're. You're a GOAT. You won everything, three, four Champions Leagues in a row. Um, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about Modric, Ramos. Uh, it, was, it was probably hard work to get things out of Cristiano Ronaldo from the club because they get they got to the play. They get to the play all, every week. Um, and you got to argue. They really can argue with Zidane at that point, but now they can talk to him because they got this many trophies and Ballon d'Or circling around as they, he does. So, I mean, yeah. I just wish that culture would change. I want Zidane to stay and it to get youthful and the players that get older realize, you know, it's time to just retire. Like, mm-hmm. why are you 36 really trying to play every game, Ramos? It's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let <laughs> but, the younger boys come in. I mean, what, what he said was there's a time, you know, for everyone to leave and make way. And so, you know, he feels it like it's, it's his time. That's what Zidane said about him leaving. Yeah, because you saw how classy he left the game, right? Yeah, but it could be, it could be he's like he's putting that out there for you know for Ramos, Marcelo, is that like you know for a bunch of younger guys? I mean, older guys. They well. needed. To, you saw how he left. He he got applauded out of the Bernabeu. Yeah. Those guys need to take heed so that they can get applauded out of the Bernabeu. Because now Marcelo's riding the pine. He's a goat. Mm-hmm. Like he's supposed to be a goat. He's riding the pine right now. You know what I mean? Like it's Modric's. I think. They booed them off the field one time during this season. Not that not the season, the season before, because of the way they were playing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just listen. You saw the guy got applauded off. He wrapped it up, <laughs> wrap it up, B, and you know, get your name put in the Raptors and come back as a coach. But why are you gonna stick past your 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 prime? Because it's hard to give up the glory. Yeah. That's 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 not easy, huh? Especially at the club, like Real. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at Madrid, like you're at the top, like you know, it's in the top five of you know clubs in the world. So it's like, just stick around. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think the ownership too, like they respect this guy, like someone like Ramos and stuff like that. So they mm. probably give him all that leverage as well. So they'll probably keep him and let Zidane go. You know, Zidane the, the probably leaving because he don't even want to get put him in that position. Like he don't. Yeah. He's just like, all right, I'm not even gonna put y'all in the hallway. I'm out. <laughs> y'all are losing again, y'all gonna call me back in, <laughs> and I'm gonna make it right again. You know what I mean? That's why he a real goat. Like, yeah. if he wins yeah. a World Cup with well, a coach, he goes. He got to be top three. If he wins uh, for France, you mean? Mm-hmm. Or the World Cup? Uh, As yeah, a, he's he's top. He, he would be top three. Coach. Top three coach. Top three. I mean, he's already like almost top two coaches right now. I say he had to 
You're saying you're saying to die. You okay? Actually, let's just get into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying what are you? Okay, I, and I love you know obviously like yeah. my my favorite player is you know a mix of Sadan and Ronaldinho, and then as a coach, part of the reasons I you know I love him, but I'm not even gonna get into that. I want you're saying. <laughs> You say he's the top right now. You're you're gonna put him top two. As a coach? I'm, I'm saying, if I'm thinking about it, let me analyze it real quick. Out of all the coaches that are out here doing things, he he's up there because he's won. Who wins Champions League three times in a row? He won like three times, right? And he's won four because he was assistant coach for at one point. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and he he and he like left the club, came back in where they were struggling and put him back in the semis. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to say he's not top two at this point, but it's him and what, Klopp, Pep? Okay, um, no, I'm talking all time. You're talking about oh, just right time? now? You're no. talking about right now? Or are you oh, talking no, about all time? Well, I'm talking like... Who, who's, won it, who's won it three times? Who's won it four you, times in a row? Oh, so you're just, you're just going to go off uh, like three-peat? I mean, so three Mourinho, and, Mourinho has won it Five times. I don't even know, like five, six times. Mourinho? He's only won like two. It was Chelsea and Inter. Don't Mourinho won, won at Porta. He won, he won at three different he countries. He won at Porta. He, he won, yeah, he won it multiple times. Yeah. At different, in different, from different Plus, leagues. Yeah. Nah, I still don't Because it's. Well, Porto, you had a superstar team. Yeah, I mean, you had nobody. You really had nobody. Porto was the only team that he didn't have a, a superstar team, but Deco wasn't no bum. You know what I mean? Okay. A lot of those, but okay, story careers. At at um, no, all those teams that Mourinho won with. See, this is this is what okay, this is what always happens, right? And mm-hmm. this is the conversation we had uh, with Ty the other day um, on another interview. He like yeah, he like Jose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but but we're talking about Pep actually. And oh, yeah. what I was trying to say is like. These players become superstars after they win. Like, they didn't go into it as, like, Drugba wasn't a superstar coming into Chelsea. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that whole Chelsea, like, maybe Lampard was probably a star, but, and maybe Terry, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not, they're not, like, the game changers. Um, mm-hmm. But, so, like, these after they start winning under, you know, under Mourinho and under these different coaches, and they win the Champions League and the league, et cetera. Then they become, you know, everybody put them up there. So, so like winning how? Mm-hmm. Who, who you talking about? Mourinho. Winning, winning how? <laughs> However, whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever on, it takes. Mourinho, like, okay, here's the thing. We, we had this conversation. <laughs> we, we had this conversation a lot. And, and, Dude. Uh, and, uh, and the I was trying to defend this man. Yeah. Hope he sees this. My thing is this. You say, hope you hope Mourinho sees it? Yes, I mean, you need to know that he has a fan in you because you are. Yeah, no, 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 actually, I'm not like James is like James is his fan. I'm not, I'm not, my thing is, I'm just not dogmatic about any, you know, any style of play or any coach or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the, what I uh, admire about Mourinho is his ability to adapt quickly and work with what he has, right? So, the, what people like, you know, like what I said in the group the other day was like about parking the bet, like the parking the bus. Like he's no, he's like famous, and he's done this. He, this is not his like he, 
He did that's that. That's not what he does. He did that real too. You guys know that when he was. I know. I, I, watched, him. <laughs> I watched him do it. Right. But it, it's based on the players and, and the, the, their ability, right? So remember at that time, Barcelona was so good. So you have to play like that. Yeah, Barca it didn't work. That was the that was the Barca superstar team. It it didn't work. So so imagine imagine playing Barcelona with this the coach that's supposed to be the defensive guy. Get your get your stars in order. He's won every, He's won these things to put himself in a position where he can control a locker room full of Ozil, Ronaldo, uh, a lot of big. He brings in play. His transfer policy is terrible, terrible. I don't like a lot of the players he brings in at any any time. Chelsea, I only like like three or four. Every time else, I'm like, dog, why you bring him in and ruin that man's career? Why you know what I'm saying? Like, why? Who, 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 you mean Michael Essien? No, Michael Essien succeeded regardless. He's just, he's a, he gonna do his thing. But it was the number of players that he brought in, like, oh, man, we got like John. Was John even kill one of his players? Mm, See, there's so many, there's so many coaching changes at Chelsea. We're gonna talk about your favorite team. There's so many coaches <laughs> at Chelsea that we don't know what happened, but. I do know when he brought players into Madrid, he was tearing them to pieces. Pedro Leon, they just did an article on Pedro Leon the other day. He was a baller. Got to got to Madrid trash. No, okay. Here, here's the thing. Every coach, like, so th- th- this is the thing about coaches that I think everyone should appreciate. And one of the reasons I like uh, Club a lot, right? Mm-hmm. He, I haven't seen his type yet, right? Like his favorite type of, of player, whatever it is. Pep, Everyone, like, it's clear. Everyone knows, like, the, the certain players that work well on the pep. If you're an alpha, and I, I keep saying this, <laughs> people, keep, 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 people keep going at me and say, oh, Vassie was alpha, whatever it is. If you're, like, you know, like a lion type, mm-hmm. you're not going to work. Like, it's not going to work with pep. And so he's not, one, if you're there when he comes into the team, he's going to get you out. That, that like, it's your, find your way out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he likes to bring in a certain type. And then groom them, groom them, you know, and then they become this worldly thing. Um, with so everybody has their type. Uh, Mourinho has like Mourinho loves like the Drogba type. He loves like you know the Lukaku like that. that it's a certain type. Yes, yeah. like he actually like he has like it's a weird thing, but he has his type. You know what I mean? Um, and every like so I think it's just is a is a part of the game that coaches have their type and. Because of that, certain players flourish under them mm-hmm. if they're, you know, if they're brought on or if they're on the team, et cetera. So that, that's just all it is. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not that he's, you know, this bad, you know, this bad guy that everybody makes about to be. Um, hey, I, though, yeah, did you not see it's all or nothing? Uh, yeah. yeah. Did I? He, the first person to leave that club was Christian Erickson. Tell me that guy's, that guy's a baller. First, yes. first, he was ready to go as soon as Mourinho touched base, signed the papers as I'm the coach of Chelsea. I mean, yeah. Tottenham. Yeah. Because it's but because he because Mourinho kills number tens, mm-hmm. kills number tens. Yeah. And I I have a beef with that because I love number tens in a team. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those guys make things happen. He kills number tens. He turns teams off. Potent offenses go from four. Chances to score four or five goals, so there's only scoring one or two guaranteed. If they're, they're going to win, but it's going to be about one. But they should be scoring six. Like I think he underachieves with these teams, regardless if you guys think you know, like oh he's doing this. Like Tottenham should be balling. Tottenham should be balling. Agree. So the thing is, I mean Tottenham should be balling, right? But you can't compare the players. The really like Man City is doing well, right? Yeah, Pep is a great coach, but the quality of players on Man City 
It's not Spurs. Even like pe people know that they don't have that. Jose didn't beat City. Huh? Tottenham beat City the year before Pochettino. Was ki was killing but, City. But that's fine. But I'm still With talking the about players. the players. Yeah, it's still Jose have to work with certain type of players to be successful. And I think right. he, he was trying to fill in that puzzle. But I feel like he, he was just like our, our man you. It wasn't giving him a chance to get to that. Chelsea, they gave him a lot of chance. Hey, Chelsea, what? and then he became. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, why are we talking about Mourinho when this is about to die? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying. Yeah, I'm trying to understand. Oh my God, like that. <laughs> right. See, I told you, James would go in. Like, why are we? <laughs> so good. This segue into the why I like Zizou over Mourinho. Okay. <laughs> Zidane would take a team of ballers and make them win with style. He's not gonna, he's gonna take a team of alphas and he's gonna make sure those alphas play like the alphas. Cristiano Ronaldo hitting the craziest numbers of the season getting goals because of him, you know what I'm saying? Because Adon's feeding him, you know, and Benzema getting his contributions, players like Asensio come in that are prospects. He Asensio would be killed by Mourinho. But Zidane brings him in, feeds him, and boom, Essential scoring rockets from 30, 40 yards. Now he's the future of Madrid. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I like Zizou over Mourinho, regardless of what Mourinho wants. No, no. Okay. You know, Zidane, right, as a player, Zidane is an attacking player. So, yeah, he's going to like players, but players are going to flourish and be successful on a team with Zidane because. What kind of player was Mourinho? <laughs> I mean, I think as a coach, I think he was probably defense. more like a pep, like, yeah. seemed like more of a defensive. Pressure and they like, yeah, like, not, like not, pressure not and they so okay, here's the thing. The thing hey, is, no, no, I know, I know, I know. The thing is, it's unfair, right? Like comparing That's any coach. No, 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 no. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, it's unfair. Even Pat uh, Club, you know, like Flick, you can go down the list, right? It's unfair to compare any coach, I, like I feel, to Sadan because he hey, is the goat. Like, yeah, he, you know, like so. No matter who you are in the game. It's like he's 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 the 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 modern day Pele. Like after you know, there's Pele, there's Maradona, there's really mm. Sadat. Like you know, mm. like I don't know. We can argue about other people. Uh, Ronaldinho, but okay. <laughs> no, no. See, like Hope he sees this. Yeah, but but Zizou. I I think Zizou's holds a certain cachet that even Ronaldinho doesn't. That's facts. Right, like Ronaldinho is probably the most skilled player that we've seen outside of maybe. Um, um, uh, Jamala, the, the Brazilian, that that's a whole nother story that I still, I'm still doing my research. Yeah, oh, you mean uh, Jamilson or something? Jamilson. No, 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 Jamala. Uh, it starts with a D. Uh, he, a new guy? No, 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 no. Um, a troubled Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. He, he, uh -oh. To me, he was the best player that the world does not know about. Um, mm -hmm. but, but anyway, um, the, so I think Sadan has this cachet that regardless if you're Messi, if you're uh, you know, Cristiano, Lukaku, like whoever it is, when he comes in the room, it's like you, you know, you you straighten up. Do you mm. know what I mean? And so regard like you know, any team that he has, he's gonna find ways to bring the best out of them. Like, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, the fact that you got all these ballers in their mid-20s sitting on the bench. That's not gonna happen at any other like you know any other team. These guys are trying to to get away, you know. And that's yeah. like, and I think it was such a shock for not just Sadan, but like football fans worldwide when Bale wasn't falling in line. You know what I mean? Like it was like, yo, 
what is this guy do? like Bill, Bill was like the, has been the only person that's like no nah, I'm not like yeah you used to dumb but I'm not gonna like stand for it mm-hmm. um and so that you know that that was a that was a shocker for everybody else you know so we'll see I mean I think whoever comes in next is like is extremely tough I wouldn't wish that position on anybody you know what I mean? they're, gonna, I, they, they're gonna do what they did last time going to carousel the coaches and then they're gonna be calling right back to Zidane because the yeah, coach I mean, is like so like the reason Zidane and because we didn't even get to the tactical part of why I like Zidane right no, no, coach, I, yeah yeah the coach before him I think it was Lopetegui or something was using Marcelo wrong right mm-hmm. and actually the coach before Zidane was using Marcelo wrong using the wingbacks wrong mm-hmm. but Zidane I'm like, you remember him as a player. Like, as soon as he got on the pitch, he made everybody better. And it's yep. the first thing he did after the games, everybody became a weapon, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's why I tactically have as a player and the coach, I love him because as soon as he's the pitch, next thing you know, he's quarterbacking, right? So the first thing he did was put myself in a more attacking space that made them play. Mm-hmm. That's outside of his cachet of like, his just who he is. You know what I'm saying? That's him being smart about the game. Yeah, I mean, he's a they, like, he's. But he's, that's what Mourinho <laughs> could do. No, and in one okay, episode, that's what I'm saying. Let me, like, let me, let me, let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> but there was an episode where Mourinho had oh a flat God. back four, right? A flat back four. And his change, his tactical change, was to push uh, Aurier higher, right? Be brave, right? But it was something you should have started with because it serves Aurier. He's not really the best defender. You got to just, he's way better attacking at the back, right? Yeah. Aurier should be at Arsenal, by the way. But you know what I mean? Like, that was like, <laughs> Aurier, and it wasn't like it was a thing. He, he just told me, brave, and Aurier decided to make one run. It should have been a routine thing. Like, that thing eliminates Mario from top goat coach for me. It puts him in top 10 because he's won some things, but I know you put Zidane at a Tottenham, a Man City, this and that. The way they're going to play, they're going to be attacking and show what they got, whereas I know you put Mourinho in there, the first thing going, number 10's going, your number nine is not getting the service he wants now. He frustrated. Everybody talking about something. Oh, he's not as good as we thought he was. He goes from 20, 27 goals to 12. He's not as good. And then he goes gets a guy like Hoiberg, who is a beast. But, you know, he's not about to be no real world beater. So are you going to win Champions League? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a thing where Zidane's going to get players is going to take him to the semis, which they're going to need a bit of luck to beat a, a more tactical, astute coach. Because you know people are going to play you know the, the the chess game with him. He's not really the best at the chess game, you know what I mean? Like, not gonna give you that. But he beat Atletico in the finals because Atletico plays one way and one way only, right? So like, yeah, they're gonna to lose to a attacking a mob like Real's got. But nah, ain't gonna be no way no Mourinho is better than him. He was a down one three in a row, three. <laughs> All right, so let, let's let's see. Uh, you know, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what uh, Mourinho's gonna do. As uh, he's at where Roma. he's at Roma, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And um, and hopefully Sudan get the the French. You know, the the French job. That would be dope. I mean, that would be dope. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, that would be that would be. And Benzema's back. Yeah, that's the power. You know what I mean? Like just the word. Just once you put the word out there that I'm coming, you know, I'm bringing all my people. You know? <laughs> that's that's powerful right there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So actually, let's, let's go back. So you're, you're, um, you're start. You know, you you start playing uh, WIS. I mean, uh, Washington Soccer Club, mm-hmm. and then walk us through from there to where you are now. Oh, so uh, playing Washington Soccer Club. I think I'm from nine to fourteen. Um, 
that was a great experience because like we were like in that era we was the only like all black team we only had like one or two maybe non-black people on the team so it was it was good to be in that like safe environment where we could you know develop you know we're not tasked with being athletes we're not tasked with being you know everybody's athlete so we, we get to develop a, the nuance of the game because everybody's athletic so you, you learn how to be the pivot you learn how to play the striker you weren't just tasked with running up and down the sideline and kicking long balls um we had a bunch of good coaches in that friday um not not that guy well friday was a great coach the guy out to him wasn't so good but you know it was a good good experience from that developmental period with my dad kind of overseeing everything and Mr. Garrett being so close and like we had like a family village. So from there, that's when the plan was enacted so that we all are pretty much destined to go place at Howard, right? That's when that plan is enacted. Something happened while we were 14, they closed the team that for us to focus on our schooling because they see we're passionate about the game, but I guess everybody's grades weren't up to point par. So they, they said, we're going to stop the team here so you guys can focus on your education. Man, people started going everywhere, bro. Nobody stopped playing. Like, Jason went to uh, Vasco. People, you know what I'm saying? Like, people just left and go play. Three players went to Vasco. This guy, I went to Bethesda. You know what I'm saying? My, but the coach at my middle school, I went to this private school called Newport. The middle school coach was a coach at Bethesda. He'd been wanting me the whole time I was there. So I go there, play with him. Um... That was a cool experience because, you know, Bethesda, Bethesda's been, Bethesda's been Bethesda, you know what I mean? So, like, they expect, like, there's all this hype about it or whatever. But I go to this D3 team, and the coach kind of builds things around me. So I like that, which is, you know, I wanted that. I wanted to be the person that, that you could rely on to carry the team. Um, I played for them about a year or two, get hurt, and then that's when uh, they start WYSA. We started plotting on going to, uh, to Europe. That was our Europe trip. So I pulled my hamstring pretty bad, racing my boy Essay. So I had to race to recover to get ready for that trip. Because so, we're playing West Ham, we're playing Liverpool, Ajax, Chelsea. You know, they, they're getting us right. They've been running cash talk ones, and they ran, these guys run three miles every morning, three miles before they go to sleep. So he got us at Turkey Thicket running, it's like all these laps trying to get us in shape for this trip against these players or whatever, trying to get our minds right. Because we're going from playing guys here, which is cool, you know, the talent or whatever, but they're not these guys looking to play pro. You know what I mean? It's like a different hunger. Mm -hmm. So we go over there and, you know, it's the game that they play was a game that we like to play. It was more of the ball moving on the ground. So it, was, it wasn't much of a culture shock as it was, as he thought it would be. You know what I mean? Like, I think the hardest running team was Liverpool. They were a machine. But it wasn't the coach side. They like to play the sport like we like to play the sport. And but I got hurt in the first game against West Ham. I pulled my hamstring trying to save a goal. So I'm watching the the, the tournament. I pulled like a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like I could have got in there to end of the thing, but Cam was like, no. So that's a running joke with my friends. Like, oh, you went all the way over there just to get hurt. But that that was a that was the time of my life for real. For we got to go to Amsterdam. See Ajax facilities, see Liverpool facilities. That's when they were the U18, like, world champions. Like, they beat us 7-2. You know what I mean? But that was the only bad loss we had there. The rest of them was close or we won. Um, and it really showed a big uh, – it really showed what were, what you don't need and what you – you know what I mean? What you could do with little. Because, like, my boy Rebo, who we should talk to, uh, he was on the team that we played in um, Brixton. Brixton full of uh, yard man and Africans is over there playing. We lost to him 2-1, but that was the first team he said made them actually play ball. 
the rest of the American teams that came over, they was crushing him like seven, nothing, eight, nothing. So he made a mental note of that. He was like, look at these guys that came off the bus with the Jordans on and they hats back to the side. You know what I'm saying? Cause we're still carrying it like, like city boys. We're not wearing none of our stuff properly. A pair of phone posits came out while we was over there for the cheap. So, you know, we, everybody caught the pair. It was a great experience doing that. And then that energy, like seeing all that stuff got us pumped for college. You know what I mean? So I think a year after that, I didn't play. I was just, just going to school, making sure I graduated. And I went to Howard my freshman year and started balling there. And then that became a headache because school is it, important. You know what I mean? I missed two years of college because of a one class, one like one point on my GPA to be eligible to play. So I missed two good years and I was really playing good. Like it was wild. It was mad depressing to watch these guys play and not be participating. Then I get back my senior year. I'm hungry. Cause mind you, those two years that I missed, I played preseason games and I did some good, I had some good games. So now I'm hungry as hell. My senior year, I'm super eligible. I had a 3.8 GPA. I'm on Dean's list. I made sure I was playing, right? <laughs> Getting the DC College Cup. I'm hearing rumors that, oh, they say watch Keith from the Georgetown coach, because Georgetown coach is my dad friend. They said to mark him. But the reason they said it is because I did something on the sideline that split two guys and the coach, and I heard him just say, didn't I say to look out for him? Didn't I say to look out for him? So I'm I'm balling. Rumor is I'm on uh this the the, the all-tournament team at this point. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm killing it. Yeah. And I get this crazy red card reacting out, you know what I'm saying? Because I got targeted off the all-tournament team. But I still wound up having a good season. But I feel like, you know, that was started becoming the, <laughs> the trajectory. Like, everything became a struggle right then and there. It was, like, it was eye-opening. I think out of anybody I know, I mean, it has some real. We all went through struggles when trying to go to the, get to that dream of trying to be professional. But it was like, it's hard, bro. Like, you go to a tryout. I left, I left school to go, like, I'm about to go pro. I went to all these trials before I left. You know what I'm saying? Didn't tell my dad I left school and all that stuff. Your name, your, what school you went to, like a pit, got you bumped up here at these trials. You know what I mean? Trials are, are aggressive. Nobody's passing and playing like I want to play. You know what I mean? I'm a teammate. You know what I'm saying? I'm a facilitator. So if I, I'm open and you're, you're just going on a run by yourself because you're trying to show the coaches what you can do. I was like, damn, that's not going to be helpful. Then I went to another trial with Crystal Palace, Baltimore. And so this is when I knew, like, things were going to be even more of a struggle. There's things that I could do with a ball that to people seem risky. And it's really, like, all my friends. You know, there's something we do. Like, we grew up, they wanted us to be Brazilians. So, like, if we could do, if we dribble, the coaches, they think we're showing off. Like, people would call us the Harlem Globetrotters of soccer or something. Really just doing basic dribbles. No Ronaldinho stuff. It's just that that era of the game, like, doing too much really got you judged. So I'm at this one trial with Crystal Palace, and I catch this ball on my foot. You know how you dead it? But instead of deading it, I pass it through my legs to the person behind me. I practiced that for, like, years because I felt like it will be useful. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like that will be the thing, that if I, if I do this, I'm signed. I'm getting all these checks. I'm getting all this love. Because if I pull this off, moment comes at a tryout, I'm su surrounded by players. Pull it off. It's beautiful. Coach yells out, that's too risky. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do because I got more risky stuff in my the way I play. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, said, I said, man, I got to try something else. So I decided to move to Bermuda, get on the national team. I'm like, I'm going to beat this politically. If I get an international cap, then they got to respect the game. Like, they got to give me that leeway 
because I'm coming from Howard that doesn't have like a winning record. I don't have, there's nothing to really, you know what I'm saying? No, no trophies. I didn't get my all tournament team, shot myself in the foot with that. So I needed something else. So I go down there trying, trying to get a new 23 team and the national team so that I can get this cap. But then I run into what something I wouldn't expect in the national setup is that the coach, um, well, you know, the coach had a, re- a rule about center backs. You know what I mean? Like they couldn't cross half line. So for me, my whole life, my dad's groomed us like we're supposed to get forward. We're part of the offense. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to play that way. You know what I mean? When like your whole life you've been groomed to like the ball comes to you and there's a space, you just got a full head of steam and you go forward and create. And this whole time, as soon as I cross the half line, there's a the whole bench and the coach like center backs don't cross the half field. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, bro. Cause this, <laughs> how do you excel in these environments? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's not like I'm super fast. You know what I mean? Like, I'm skillful, but there's it's not like I have all this extra stuff to my game. Like when I'm when those blows, I'm one, two, three touches, and I'm trying to facilitate. So. It just became a headache. I, I did get an international call up though when my dad became the coach. That was my that was my thing. I cried <laughs> like a baby. I got that email. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Getting a call up for a World Cup qualifier. It's a dream come true, right? You know what I mean? Dream come true. I'm up there with all the ballers. The coach that says they don't cross the half line, he's gone. Now it's my dad. Oh, I'm straight. I'm about to go to Cayman Islands and play in a World Cup qualifier. At least be on the bench or something. You know what I mean? Bruh. Paperwork wouldn't happen. I said, this is the worst. <laughs> this is the hardest thing to do is to get to this next level. And I don't know what I'm going to do. So my paperwork didn't go through. Wanted to come back here trying to finish school. Just start working. Get hurt, not playing soccer. That's a wild story, but we're not going to talk about it here. <laughs> I got hurt in the club in Kentucky. Hurt, hurt my MCL. So I was out for a long, long, long time until I started rehabbing it. Then I was like, all right, well, there goes soccer. Let me do something else. Then I started doing MMA, got hurt. I'm like, let me just get into coaching. Let me just give the things that I want. Let me be the person to give opportunities to kids and build opportunities for these kids so they don't have the same hurdles I went through. It's like, there's all these glass ceilings. What school you go to? How your coach thinks about the game? Um, who you know is a, is, a, is a thing, you know what I mean? Like, if you don't know the right people, you you're not going to get the same love as somebody. I've seen people get on teams that have no business playing at that level. Hope they don't see this, but like no business playing at this level because they just knew somebody, you know what I mean? So I'm just trying to be a facilitator to make sure that the potential that we have in our, in this area gets the shine at the brightest, the top, the brightest, under the brightest light. You know what I'm saying? With playing a good, a good brand of game, good brand of soccer. And that's, that's where I am now with DC 11. Yep, yep. Um, there's a lot there. But w- one of the things you brought up, though, which is um, something you weren't able to do, and um, but it sounds like it's something that's definitely needed. It's the ability to adapt, right? So, um, you know, you brought up playing at uh, like when you went to try out for the, nas- the national team, the coach not allowing you guys to come up and you were used to being this, you know, dynamic center back, et cetera. Um, so what do you think, like, what, what are some things to put in place 
with the you know the current generation of young players to ensure for instance right so mm-hmm. with dc11 you know we're big on creativity and you know developing game iq you know all these all these things right um and we allow you know a, a big part of our game is like allowing the players the freedom to express themselves right right you know get busy you do your thing so you know let's just say you know we what what Couple of our guys go to, I don't know, uh, one of these big clubs, mm-hmm. and they are. There's no creativity or expression, right? It's just like it's like old German ball, you know, like yeah. just <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Um, they will have to adapt to you know excel in that yeah. you know, in that realm. So my question really is like, you know, what? How do you um, develop a player? that they have all the tools and one of the most important tool is to be able to adapt at whatever situation is similar to the conversation we're having about Mourinho, you know, him mm-hmm. adapting to, but so it's like, you know, you're adapting to different players, the game, the style of play, uh, et cetera. Yeah. So that, that's the question. Um, I don't know. You can only give them the tools and then they got to have the mentality. Like, so me, like I adapted, but, it's one of those things like if you're playing center back and you just you can hit a ball over there, hit a ball there, hit the striker, these type of things. There's a million people who could do that. You know what I mean? So there has to. It's a hard question because if your if your coach does not see the value that you could bring, right? But you could, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to. That's what's wrong with Mourinho. Like. And that's like I feel like I'm like there's so much options that he could be doing, and he's limiting these players. Now you're talking about let's adapt to something beneath your capabilities. You know what I'm saying? Like we're in an era right now where these kids, like center backs, attacking center backs, dynamic center backs, are 75 million dollar transfers. Van Dyke was a is a 75 million dollar transfer. Me and Alex talk about this all the time. Like that's the what it, you look at Pep's transfer needs after he PK started getting a little older you know, Barcelona's transfer needs came out of the center back. It started listing guys from here. You know what I mean? That From here that they could pick and put them right in Barcelona because they had those capabilities. So the this idea like adaption, like, I don't know. I don't want those guys to adapt. You know, I don't want to, they go to somewhere else and they have to adapt to that. I feel bad for them. It's kind of like how players leave us already. I feel bad for them because the only place I feel like you're going to be able to was somewhere one of the places. I don't know anybody anywhere else off the top, but we're gonna cater to their desire. You know what I mean? Their actual development prospects. Like I can't see. I don't know. I don't know how you adapt to you become a long ball player if you can attack out of the back. I don't see because there's a million players who could do that. What separates you from everybody else? You become a more physical defender. You be like you become a more of a a Soul Campbell. You know what I mean? That that's your that's your ascension to the top is that you can kick people down, chase people, boot head, win all the headers. That's your ascension to the top. But you can shoot from forty yards is really something that should be part of your your. We talked about with you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's I don't know. That's a hard question, Mike. You asking these uh, what is the meaning of life questions? Yeah. <laughs> what are we on earth to do? <laughs> See, man. So, I, 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 I want to ask, like, just switch it around a little bit. So, especially being a a, a son of an icon coach, you know, did you, mm. did you got a weight on your shoulder growing up, or even now, 
No, it's never never been pressured to be good in this household. It was kind of like, but I think that's more of just my regular personality. Like my brother might have a whole different answer for you. <laughs> you know, he's there's a lot of pressure to play ball in this household, but really pressure wasn't to be like super good. Um, there was no way because he was doing his thing. There's a lot of pride. Like I had a lot of pride in the stuff that my dad accomplished, you know what I mean? Because a lot of the things that goes on with his uh, his coaching career is what he combated. You know what I mean? Like some stuff that y'all touched on, like he won national NCAA coach of the year, but only because they stole a game from him. You know what I mean? So it wasn't really on me to feel like I got to live up to his thing. It felt like I got to like achieve the things that he didn't want to, he didn't get to do. You know what I mean? But it, he never really put enough pressure on me to do that type of stuff. I just might've had that self-motivation. Like, okay, he didn't, he was on a national team. He tell, like he tells me all his stories, right? So he was on a national team for Bermuda and he was going to go to the Olympics. Then he got off the, he got put off the team for something dumb. Something was like a girl. <laughs> it was like, he was in the lobby. So it was a girl. Like he was in line with a girl, something slight, you know what I mean? So he didn't get to go to the Olympics and you know what I'm saying? There's things that I was like, man, let me, let me see if I can accomplish this. Cause now I carry his name. So it just it felt like something to just build onto the legacy. So let me try to go do this too. Let me go do these things. It felt like things I should be uh, achieving to more so than like pressure. And then personality wise, I don't feel like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not that type of person where it's like, oh, the world of the weights on me to this and that. I'm always cooling, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just to seem like I'm something I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be, if I didn't make a pro, that was something that's supposed to be this way. You know what I mean? To put me in a position to help the kids go, reach, achieve their dreams, help me in a position to uh, give kids the same upbringing I had, which was like, you know, nurtured to the point where like, not just me going to college, but like, 20, 30 of my friends went to college. So like that stuff means that's more pressure on stuff like that than like trying to live up to my dad's legacy. You know what I mean? Well said. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, that's a that's a whole nother story, you're, you know, your dad. <laughs> I mean, um, it's, it's a great stock to come from. Uh, you know, you get a lot of a lot of ideas, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of discussions and this, you know, just nonstop. Yeah, I, I actually, time. I, 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 I enjoy time. talking to your dad actually. Cause you know, for me, I, I actually love talking to the OGs because they have a perspective that can easily be missed, you know, because we're in a different space, we have different opportunities, et cetera. And so for me, it always helps me to put myself in their shoes. Uh, you know, when they say certain things, mm. it may not apply to, you know, me or this generation or whatever it is, but it's good to know because that's something they've been through. So when those things come up, mm. I already have the resources and the information to tackle it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that that's, that's a, you know, you have something that a lot of people most people don't have um, dreams. So dreams to have. Yeah, 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 I can borrow them whenever y'all want. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> get, get them off your. Yeah, like, get them out of like, your like, hair. Some of our conversations is like, you need new people to talk to. I heard this. I heard this story already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you need new people to talk to. I want to put him in a position where he gets to share this with a, a bunch of people and they get to hear these stories. Cause for me, I've heard him already. I know like he named his, uh, I overheard him naming his favorite 11. Mm. You know what I mean? I've heard those names a million times in my life. Right. Mm. Larry's uncle 
you know, is is an old baller from around this way too, but even Trinidad, you know, but he used to play with my dad back in the day with the Caribbean circuit. Yeah. We're just talking and chilling at the Larry's house. He names these same people, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I can't get away. Why the Akane, you know what I'm saying? I never even, I don't even know if I met this guy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know this person a person. I know he was a beast. Ballers are ballers. Ballers are ballers. Like I know these people. So I mean, yeah, yeah, I could borrow many times. I want to talk. I want to talk to them about other stuff now. Like let's yeah. talk about philosophical things. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> um so you know, you you played high school, club, college, you tried uh playing for the national team. Uh, you did all the the pro uh, tryouts. Uh, none of them came through, and then you transitioned into you know coaching. Um, what would you MMA say? First. Huh? MMA first. Yeah. I wasn't done being an athlete. <laughs> I was just done with soccer. <laughs> and then hey, I wanted to address that, but that's for another day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just it's, it's it's good to get some aggression out. Yeah. Um, I was actually, that's a, I'm not even, <laughs> uh, a whole other story. Um, but no, this is what I was going to say. So, you you know, you've been coaching for a while now. Um, and, you know, at all levels from, you know, high school, club, et cetera. What would you say, you know, right now, do you find to be the most challenging thing uh, as a coach? Right now? Or just generally, like before DC eleven, or just at. Let's say, just There's two different answers there. Okay, actually, so let's let's hear both. So before DC eleven, before DC eleven was it was dealing with people that didn't think the game the same way I did, uh-huh. um, because I'm asking players, I'm asking uh, family members that may have had their own opinion of the game to trust what I'm saying, and you know really dive into this process. And like, for example, like I coached at uh, this high school, Roosevelt. Majority of the team is Latino. So, you know, they're not looking to me as a soccer guru. You know what I mean? Like they're not new to the game. They've been, they know the game. Mm -hmm. So I had to come in, show them I could play. You know what I mean? Show them I knew the game, had to throw in the Liverpool stuff, all that thing to give myself that, you know, the merits that's worth their attention then i really had to dominate them in practice on my like at plane to show them that you're not better than me you know what i mean but like and that was and that's a challenging thing when i had to do that with that way i had to do that like talking to parents that are like you know i'm saying they're not used to this like showing kids immediately my practice session that we're talking about ball mastery dribbling getting them hand on the ball no just booting it away when the sideline is going, you know what I mean? It's like my first time coaching. I hear the sideline, kick it, kick it. And I'm just like, no, whoa, whoa, everybody relax. Then you learn like, oh, you got to have these coaches meetings with the family first. Yeah. I mean, and then they get the questions out. Because the kids, they're all they're all for whatever you want to do, especially since dribbling is fun. Handling the ball is a lot of fun. That's what they want to do. They, they love Neymar. They love Messi. These guys run with the ball. So they're buying into what you want to do. It's the parents that are like, they don't know what nothing about the game. You pass the ball, like passing the ball back to the goalie, whoo, that was stressful. That was a stressful thing for parents, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, just relax. We're trying to, you know what I mean? Like, you're trying to get them to cycle the ball around to the side so they can run up that wing. But it was a lot. That's the, the trickiest part before DC-11. Mm-hmm. Now on DC-11, it's 
the most challenging, the fun part is to keep pushing it, pushing what you can bring to these kids because, you know, the parents are all like, you know, they're all with us. I'm, I'm experienced in having that conversation about what we're doing, you know, but it's clear that we're, what we're all trying to do. And there's more of us, like, there's more of me than just talking, you know what I mean? Like at, at Washington Soccer Club at one point, it was me and Ozzy. You know what I mean? Ozzy plays a totally different game than I do. So they're looking at Ozzy team play and they're like, you know, and they're looking at my team, this nigga conceding some easy goals. It, it was harder. But now it's like, there's you, there's James, there's Mohan, there's Pierre. All these people are saying the same thing. So they can't really bully me into or try to bully me into playing a different way just like the win. But then we went to COVID, so it really hasn't, we really haven't had to come up with that issue just yet. But I think it's just figuring out new ways to push these kids from potential to, you know, a super ball that that game changer we all want them to be. But, you know, that's the process. That's what we signed up for. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? How do you address the, I mean, I, I figure how you address the challenge, you know, say early in your career at Roosevelt, et cetera. Um, that's the parent development piece. Uh, but the this current piece, which is getting players to reach their potential, right? Or tap mm-hmm. into, um, so what, what strategies or ideas do you think is helpful in getting getting that done? There you go again, one of these tough questions. <laughs> Should have gave it to me before so I could think about it at least a day. Gosh, it's philosophical. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> I got nervous. <laughs> I got nervous. Okay. <laughs> yeah, th- no, this is the get. This is you getting your sedan or your pack. Oh, you know yeah, all that, all that Zoom talk. Yeah, all that, all that, all that sedan, all that talk. You know. Um, so like sedan, right? Actually, using sedan. <laughs> sedan is a good example. Sedan has mastered. You even pointed out, uh, I think, with Marcelo, right? Like, as master, being able to get players that may have not been performing at a certain level or not in, in a certain role or whatever it is, and then unlocking their potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, these are, they're already great stars, et cetera. And we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the youth and the kids. And so what I'm, what I'm getting at is, what strategies or you know, ideas uh, you, do you think is useful in getting that done? Because, you know, the, the thing with for football is only is like, of course we have our parents that watch and, you know, our kids, et cetera. But as you can imagine, you know, it's the entire football yeah, community so, in the world, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and especially, you know, like, this is, a, this is a real issue. I mean, we know this issue. Like, so we have, you know, before DC 11 mm-hmm. with WISA, you know, we work with, we would start developing a lot of kids with talent, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, once, once they start like recognizing their talent, you know, gone. <laughs> they get snatched, you know what <laughs> I mean? They, they go to, you know, your favorite club, you know, or your favorite yeah. program, everybody knows what it is, right? So we don't even have to name any names. Um, and so, so that, that happens, right? And then, of course, like clockwork, those kids are still reaching out for, you know, more development opportunities, et cetera, because they may not be getting there where they are. Right. Um, but so 
So the developing the tech, the skill development piece, that's yeah. not, that's not a question, right? <laughs> you know, like, I think, I think, you know, there's a lot of tools that we know. And, and so what I'm getting at is not just for our parents or our kids, but even the, the kids that, especially the kids that we used to work with that are no longer with us and are struggling mm-hmm. in, you know, whatever program, they, they still have the talent, but for whatever reason, the environment, the coaching or whatever hasn't been able to unlock it. What are some tools that that coach can watch this and get and the kid and the parent, you know, they can also try to tap into? Um, <laughs> I think a lot of coaches out here have to embrace where the game is going, <clears throat> which is something we did early, um, realizing that you know, every player's got to be technical. You just can't have workhorses and people down back to just boot the ball forward. So, I don't know. They would they would have to change their whole mentality towards the game, other coaches. What I think I could do for kids in our program, or what I think my, my role is for developing kids in the program, is to give them um, as much as I can, like the wisdom, you know what I mean? Like, so we're at practice session, and we're trying to get young Viraga to hit that, that he's got a mean left, left, left boot. We're trying to get him to get himself open to get his shot off. I'm, I'm pushing him that way. I'm coaxing him that way. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not trying to hold him restricting anything or like, like he, he's like, okay, well, I just want to play this way. Like, nah, bro, you can go that way. Do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm pushing him that way. So I think a lot of things that I'm doing or what I think my, the, the special, special thing that I might bring to a practice session or developing a player is pushing him to try the thing that they want to try anyway. You know what I mean? And like letting them know with confidence that as a coaching staff, we support you. You know what I mean? Um, you know, amongst the, you know, building technical quality skills, there's that, there's that impetus that you want to give players that confidence that they are supported so that they can trust themselves. Uh, that was a big, that was big for me growing up. Somebody, once you told me that I had that, that green light to go forward, I would choose to pick and choose what moments I would do it, of course, based on the construct of what's going on, but I knew I could do it and wouldn't feel no way about it. And that helped me keep climbing the developmental, hitting them developmental milestones. You know what I'm saying? That confidence is, is key. Um, with the, the coach from Bethesda, putting the team like around me, you know what I mean? Putting that, those, those responsibilities on me. We have players that shy away from responsibilities, but us as a coaching staff or, and me personally, nah, bro. If you're good and you're, you can carry a team and you can be the center, center, what's it called? Like a centrifuge, you know what I mean? The center, if you can carry this team as a center midfield, create, dominate the game, we want you to do it. We're going to give you that confidence because I think if you're not with us or with anybody, that'll help you get to that next level. Um, and you're going to need it. You're going to need to have that confidence within yourself because you go to like a Chelsea Academy, all the kids are about the same quality. So you're going to have to have that confidence about yourself at a young age. Um yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else. <laughs> no, 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 I mean that that's a that's a big piece though. Like the confidence. Um yeah, I mean it's that's what it is. Like, you know, is is a huge as a player, if you have the confidence, I mean that you know, like everyone loves Ronaldinho or you know, all the greats or whatever it is, but they're so confident. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like the, the reason you you could they able to take those risks or, you know, make that play or make that cut or whatever is because they have the confidence, you know, they obviously they've trained mm-hmm. to be able to, 
they had known they trained to be able to do it, mm-hmm. um, but they also had the confidence. And it's important, especially for young players, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, and to, to add on that, like what Keith's saying, like knowing that they have support, one of the yeah. good things for young kids, knowing that they can be themselves, right? Like if you have someone like a Neymar or Messi, you cannot teach Neymar how you would teach Messi. Yeah. Once you once the kids know they can be themselves, then they can excel faster and get yeah. to that, that point. So I think it's good that kids knowing that they have that support. I, I also want to ask you, Keith, another question too. What, what you said all that? What do you see DC Eleven right in ten years? I see DC Eleven being a marquee option for everybody in this city when it comes to youth soccer. Um, I see us being the thought leaders and how you introduce the sport to the inner city about how you develop players from this inner city. I see us, I mean, I'm sorry to get all serious, but I, like I wholeheartedly believe in these things. Like I was telling Jason, Alex, Larry, this stuff, like they were like, these are all dates. For some of you, this is audacious, but for me, I wholeheartedly believe it because I, I seen it to get to where we are now. It took a lot of belief. So for me, it was, con- I'm con- total conviction that in 10 years, everything about the game in this area is going to change because of the way we're doing it. You know what I mean? Everything from the, how you, how, how young clubs start with players, how, how intertwined they are in these players' lives and the family lives. Like instead of it being a business, I could see it starting to be a, a fam, a familial thing, like more tribal as we were talking before the thing where people are like, Oh, I'm representing this area or this club, like they have full, cause it becomes a thing. Like now you want to beat us. So now you represent your thing. So it's gonna make your club become better. Cause you know, I want us to go have a pro team. I want us to have options for these kids as they come up. Like, I don't want this to be the end. Like we get them and they go to college. I want them to be able to go to college and come back and still represent DC 11, which was a, something that I needed. If you know, when the other things failed, like, there was no fallback option to come back and re- regroup and go out. Like it was, uh, we had like cat, we not cap city capital FC. Mm-hmm. And it was cool, but it wasn't a platform. Like what I want to build for these kids to have platform. Like now, nah, okay, well college, you did four years of college. You didn't get drafted in MLS super draft, but you still want to go pro boom. Here's your platform to do that. And you get, again, you're supported. We have confidence in you. Um, or you left early or you don't want to go to college. Boom. Here's a platform for you because you, we see greatness in you. You know what I mean? Like that stuff is to me is vital because there's so many people telling you that, you know, this is risky. This is scary. You know, go to college because this is more of a, uh, it's more, you know, s- stable, but you can play pro ball and, and go to college. You know what I mean? You just, you just can't play for that college team. <laughs> you just got to think, change the way you think about it. You know what I mean? You could do these things and still go, all the NBA players do, they go pro. And they still go back to their school and get the degree. They just can't play in that D1 thing. So you just got to look at it differently. Um, yeah. I, in 10 years, I can see us being like this podcast being like the one of the dopest things. Like this this one of being the historic pieces of the podcast because like this is where it all fat. This is when it all started right here is when Keith said it. You know what I mean? Because like the stuff we doing, stuff we talk about, the way we look at the game and soccer as a as a as a business is very dynamic. You know what I mean? I was I'm always telling people like one of the best things I did was join up with these guys and, and build this because nobody else could do it, nobody else wanted to do it. Um, I mean, not to be shady, but 
nobody else was nobody else was trying to do what we're trying to do right now. You know, what I mean, they, they talk about it, but nobody really took this, made the sacrifice, and we made some sacrifices. Guys are not getting paid at points. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sure Mike has spent at least thirty grand of his own money just to make <laughs> just to make sure that it was like gear sometimes. Like, I'm like, I ain't know, I ain't miss all this, Mike. I ain't never get to say it, but now we're in a place where I feel like it's a perfect platform to say something. Mike, I've noticed got flowers, man. It's your flowers, Mike. I've noticed them. Like, yo, where are these shirts coming from? I'm not paying for these. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't dropping this. We got these fresh Nike ones. This, this nobody asked me for, if I wanted this. You know what I'm saying? We just, we were just ready to thug it out for a couple years. But I know Mike's been out here doing his thing. So you know, salute to you for for being, you know, doing that. Elvis is all the way in Houston. Yeah. Handling a lot of the carrying a lot of the administrative stuff, you know what I mean. Carrying it, and you know, you know, it, it's just there's nobody who's gonna do do what we're doing. So by the time ten years from now we have us a fleet of coaches' cars, Teslas. Me and Pierre talked about having Teslas as our our, our club car. You know what I mean, that's what we're gonna do. Right? That's, that's where I can see it's going. But it's funny. That's what Pierre was saying. For real? Yeah. Oh, man, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. No, 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 yeah. Um, but that's well said. Yeah, yeah. Look, this is so much to say, but I don't even want to get. It. <laughs> I don't want to get into all that. Uh, it's your, you know, it's your show. So, um, what you know, what would you say has been, you know, in your in your coaching career? I mean, you can talk about your playing career as well. But what would you say has been your worst mistake? Um, my coaching career early on was really being concerned about the victories because then that makes you, uh, we touched this a couple years ago too, but me, it made me leave the style of play I wanted to do. Like, I got to win because I want these guys to like my team and want to stay on my team. And it really, sometimes it made me like hurt the, like the first season. I did think I did like two, three games where like I went for the W, you know what I mean? Because I felt like the kids would love it. The parents would love it. They deserved it because they were taking some some mean L's, you know what I'm saying? But I really should have stuck to my guns about that because it it wasn't what I wanted to do. I always, you know what I mean? Like, I literally regret it right now. Then I, I have to think about this answer. I regret caring about the results for U8, U9. You know what I mean? I What it forced me to do was learn how to put the kids in a situation where they could probably get a result and still play the same way, mm -hmm. right? which, you know, it was a lesson. But I definitely regret caring about the result. Like, right now, win, lose, I just want to see how they play. I, want, I care about um, the effort they give, you know what I'm saying? They're expressing themselves. Like, I don't want nobody to shy away in the game and then come back and be like, oh, you know, we lost. Like, I give maximum effort, put it all out there. You're having an off-game dribbling, so you just put, it in, put your energy into just hustling if you have an off-game on the touch. You know what I mean? I want them to figure out new ways to, to – showcase that they're capable of playing this game and playing with whoever. Um, but definitely regret caring so much about the results at U, U11. Them kids, <laughs> them kids could be like this much taller than they are. My kids kick the ball up and score four goals. And next thing you know, I, I had did something like, all right, we're faster. So look, just play the through ball. Don't do anything else. Beltran, you know, Beltran is like the world's fastest 10-year-old yeah, at that yeah. point. But I stay right there, play Beltran through. And then that's how we would get. I was like, oh, it's dirty. It was a net, it was dirty win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. It's the it's what Biko called the U nine World Cup. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep saying it. I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm definitely. I've got to find a comic. Somebody's gonna do the illustrations. Yeah. You got to do like 
that you not work up nigga serious. Yeah, I, I regret not conversating with the other coaches as much too. I did it like a couple of times where I'd ask them, like, please tell your goalkeeper to come off the line so that my team works on their finishing. Yeah. Cause Beltran's gonna outpace your whole team. He's getting in front of the net, your goal is sitting right there on his line. The goal's huge, right? This <laughs> side netting. We're working on side netting, but Beltran needs the goalie to come out and slide at his feet so he becomes more of a clinical finisher. Yeah. I only did that conversation once. I should have had that way more with other coaches to make these games more challenging. Because it was at a point like the last season we played Beltran's team that uh, that was like my 2016 for WSC. They was just buckets, you know what I mean? Because they were complete. Najee was Najee now, you know what I mean? He wasn't scared and timid. He was a, he was 11. He was realized he had touch and vision. Uh, Justin, Justin good ball in the back. He was running out the back, creating things. So they were really, they were walking through a lot of these teams that were in the division. They just kept going up and going up. So I really should have asked those because, but it didn't prepare them properly for the next division up mm-hmm. because it was like that big of a skill gap. And then there's certain clinical things you might need to be successful in that one. It didn't get developed and it's not going to get developed at practice because, you know, it's still WSC. So these guys are like seven guys at practice. <laughs> it's still people, parents are still taking their kids to go play cello. You know what I mean? It's like they're over, over, overstimulated children. And they got, what? These kids have million things to do. I'm even talking about summer camp. They're already talking about where they're going. <laughs> like the way me and my friends were stuck at Tacoma for all summer, for like literally, like we were stuck there. Their parents weren't going nowhere. But these kids are like, I'm going to Spain for eight weeks. What are you talking about, coach? You're going to what? <laughs> I'm going my I'm in Jersey for months at a time. Like, how y'all? From a different era. Different era. We got to get these kids in the trenches. I'm saying they got to go play somewhere barefoot with a plastic bag soccer ball to really appreciate what they got going on. Mm-hmm. And also to build up that, that fortitude that, you know what I'm saying, helps you survive at the highest levels, helps you win games and lose games and not like be all, you know, down. Mm-hmm. I used to cry every game, I ain't gonna lie, but you know, you grow into it eventually. Every game I lost, I'd be balling, balling. My dad was looking at me, judging me. <laughs> Why are you crying? So, bro, we, it's the UA World Cup. <laughs> it's the United, it's the United World Cup. Yes. Yes, it's like, oh, man, that's craziness. Oh. I think Coach Allen talked about it. She has a picture of me bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Well, no, she told me that the next week after her interview, I have a picture of you bawling your eyes out after a game because we lost. <laughs> Way too much footage of that. Yeah. Well, you know, you talked about where you see DC Levin in 10 years and, you know, the, the impact your dad has had in the game. What do you want your ultimate impact um, to be on the game? The game as is the sport? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to accomplish things that probably people would probably think are hard to accomplish. Like being from here, not a soccer country, you know what I mean? I want to go win a Champions League. You know, I do have, like, higher coaching aspirations. Um, I want to do something. I want to achieve the impossible because it only creates a pathway for the people behind you to to do it. So, like, if anything, I want to achieve something crazy. So, like, me, yeah, I do, I, I do want to coach a pro team or do something that's – with the game that you 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 have to take note of the fact that where it started. Like there was nothing at Tacoma 
that matches what IAX had at their facilities. Like their U18 had a full IAX kit with the sponsor on the chest and they walked out hand in hand from their training building with the big IAX, you know what I'm saying? It was like, ah, there's a big, uh, there's a philosophy with IAX that was known from years from uh, the coach. Like there's a lot there. Like if you don't go pro from IAX, something's really wrong, but for, to for Tacoma for coming from Tacoma and DC in a point in time where soccer is now big and IS coaches are like stressed, right? Like we're playing the U U18 team and we're we're giving them the business, right? Their coaches on the sideline, like, yo, this he said they're South Americans, but with speed. This is what there's a coach from the IS coach. So then he says, look, go get these other players. We're talking about like I think they're rumors. I don't know. I don't know who face to face, but Pinyar. You know Pinyar is right. Okay. Steve Pinyar, Dijon. These guys are my age. They went and got some eighteen players, guys that are about to go pro to come play us. That's how they won, allegedly. I don't know how true it is. But they definitely went and got other players. Chelsea did too. When we beat Chelsea, they went and got other players. Like nah, bro. We just our U seventeens ain't gonna cut it. We gotta get other players. So like, but that type of stuff is like unheard of. You know what I mean? You don't hear that coming from American teams. They go over there talking about yeah, we got us by these teams we made them go get their best players at that age group to beat us so i want to do that as we go i want dc 11 to play dc united and dc united's got to like really take a month <laughs> to, <laughs> to figure out what they're gonna do <laughs> like i want i want us to have go to i want to say take dc 11 to europe to play in a tournament and one of those professional teams academy is literally like They've been scouting us for a week. Like, man, let's say Benfica. They got a soccer school in the area. Who else got you? They got, they've known about us, and they're taking their time. Like, y'all y'all can't come to them slacking. They're going to give you the work. I want that to be a thing. And I'm going to celebrate with the kids in a way that's unheard of. I'm running to the corner flag with them. You know what I'm saying? I got, we doing secret handshakes on the sideline, things that are, you know, Americana for us. I'm doing it. You know what I mean? I want that to be. Cause this is a safe space with us, you know what I'm saying? It's a safe space, like an all black program, not all black program, all black administration, all black coaching staff. We're not, we don't have to do certain things, a certain decorum for real, for real. It's not like you guys are gonna get mad at me if I show up to the game, not in a suit and tie, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not, <laughs> whatever the, you know, whatever that that Eurocentric model is that everybody wants to fit. We don't have to worry, <laughs> about you know what I'm saying? We could talk, <laughs> like we could talk about things, fellas. We free, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I want to carry that over there, you know what I'm saying? Because it was a big, it was a, it was a, it changed people's mentalities to things. Rebo, my boy Sace, when they saw us get off the bus with our hats on, our snapbacks on, the hats on, and some sneakers, some Jordans, stuff like that, that changed their mentality towards certain things. You know, when they got over here, they, they, they changed. They, I don't know what was going on in England. They really didn't do like shape ups, and they were like, you know what I mean? It's, a lot of stuff is different than. But now, yeah, you see all the lines. They got handshakes, people doing our American dances or whatever. I feel like that should have been us pioneering that, but it's cool. Pogba did it. But I want that to be a constant thing. Like, this is where it starts. Somebody talk, goes back in history. They talk about DC 11. They talk about things that happen at Tacoma. I don't want to have no more documentaries or write-ups where people mention solutions about how you introduce the sport to Black kids or they talk about the history of soccer in this city and they don't mention people associated with this program. You know what I mean? Like that is kind of disrespectful to me. Like my dad, my, how do you have a talk to Lincoln Phillips about 
or in Amir Lowry. Love those guys, good people. But there's a conversation about soccer in this city and what this that happens. But my dad's the one that developed the leagues that got the kids playing. Never talked about that stuff. It's a little bit like, oh, y'all missed the opportunity to really, you know, build build what's there. We build the whole story of what's going on in the city. It wasn't just like yeah. we popped up playing soccer or whatever. Somebody put opportunities in front of us. Somebody created infrastructure us to infrastructure for us to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it went from Lincoln Phillips to what was it, DC scores? And you just missed all WSC, you missed all WISA stuff. Nobody mentioned it. It really is not that job, honestly. It's our job to talk about. It. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's actually what I was gonna say. You know, yeah. that's kind of why we have this platform. Yep. Um, is to tell the story that mm-hmm. is not being told. Do you know what I mean? Like because you know, the narrative is it's easy to come with some um Especially when you're, you know, you, you have to think about it with a mass media or whatever it is, it's snapshots, right? So the, if it's a documentary or whatever it is, they're going to take like two minutes of here. They have a story they're, tr- they're trying to tell, right? Which may, may not be as authentic as the real story. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's, it's up to us. And I, and I always think that is, is important for, for everyone to have ownership in their story. Right. whatever you know whatever your story is and so it's up to us to provide an opportunity a platform where those stories can be told and and you know keep telling them um and put it out there and you know eventually uh you know it's it's part of the record so nobody can say they oh can't, I, yeah yeah, yeah like, i didn't talk I, about it yeah, yeah yeah that's you know so but no that's it's yeah. good stuff that's good stuff um you want to we, we kind of covered this, but do you want to talk about your top five coaches of all time? Of all time? Yeah. Since you're a coach, you know, you're a coach now, you transitioned from being a player to to coaching. I bet. Easy easy list. You got Pep, number one. Zidane, number two. Cruyff, number three. Um, Reichardt. I like Reichardt. And my fifth one... Oh, no. <laughs> no, not him. Um, I thought you were an Arsenal fan. No, I'm a, no I'm he's a, not. He's oh, a Madrid. Yeah, I'm a Madrid fan. I'm a Man City. I'm a Man City fan because my dad was an Arsenal fan. But I, just for the record, because everybody goes on me like, oh, you a bandwagoner. I like Man City when it was Sean Golder, who's a Bermudian, and Claudio Reina was on their team with Sean Wright Phillips, and they was trash. <laughs> right, that was when I picked Man City because you know you got to have an EPL team. All we watching this house is EPL, so I couldn't pick Arsenal. That's no fun. So I picked Man City. I just got lucky. Right, next thing you know, Robinho comes, all the Qatar money comes. It just kept kept happening. Now in Champions League final, but it's neither here nor there. I just want that on the record that I'm not a bandwagoner. I was there when it was terrible, ugly jerseys, all that. No, those jerseys are fired up. The the Sean the uh, Sean Wright Phillips jerseys yeah with the the stripe the black stripe the blue the 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 no you talking about Sean Wright Phillips jumper they had the flaily collars no I'm talking about the ugly no, I, old <laughs> the 90s I know I, anyway yeah, we, we, we so got to yeah, talk yeah. about jerseys that's a whole right, right, other right. thing because you know I, I'm I'm heavy in that so that's a whole other thing but um, that's subjective um oh, I need my fifth coach mm-hmm. you thought I was gonna say Wanger. 
<laughs> you, know, you know who he wants you to say. I'm not saying it. <laughs> you did that right now. You're not saying that's my show. Uh, <laughs> um, I know it's an international coach. I'm trying to think of which one is which one does it for me. Actually, no, it was a, the the Galactic Coast era coach, um, the Spaniard. Uh, from Madrid? Yeah, yeah, from Madrid. I forget his name, though. It's been so long. It's been, what, 20 years? That's crazy. Yeah. Not Butchugano, or Butchugano. You, you, okay, okay why, 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 why would you say him? Oh, man, because the way he set up Real Madrid to ball without being like, I got to conform these guys to play defense. Like, nah, he set them up to, like, we're going to do offense. We're going to do it well. Like, Roberto Carlos is bombing at the wing. Salgado's bombing at the wing and bombing back. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hierro, uh, the defenders he picked to be the substance for Real Madrid at that time, like, they really fought to keep them in games. Casillas was making, like, crazy saves, but he wasn't just like a, you know what I mean? Like, he was making stops, but he was facilitating early on. Makalele, you know what I mean? I mean, that was the biggest mistake he made with Southern Makalele, of course. So technically, right, are you saying, I don't don't need to coach you, right? So technically, you're saying Zidane didn't create that stuff, and Zidane's not that great. What? Because everything Zidane's doing now, he did this exactly the same thing with that superstar team. Says, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) that's like saying, okay. That's what I asked you. (laughs) I'm saying, like, Pep's not great because a lot of the stuff he got from Cruyff. No, I mean, but but what I'm saying is the same type of team, like like you know, like, like I mean, because it's a, we are always have the team like that superstar team. Yeah, right? yeah, but that's the Galacticos was different though. Yeah, like, it was different. That, 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 that's that's really I mean, that's like that's, that's, that's that's like icons, right? That's what I'm yeah. saying, right? So I, I I'm just trying to say, <laughs> <laughs> like, man, it, say Zidane is that great? Zidane is that great because he does that wins. <laughs> the Galacticos coach didn't win anything, did he? He never won a Champions no, no, League. They won games. They won. Man, they didn't win that, Champions League. No, no. Not, not when they were the Galacticos. The year before was a Don hit that 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 volley. He won, right? That was a Don doing what a Don does. Yeah. No, but that was the Galacticos. Mm-hmm. It uh, wasn't next year was the Galacticos. That's when Ronaldo no, came in. No, like that year you had Figo, everyone from Figo, well, Raul. Uh, so uh, let me clarify. The Galacticos, to me, only started when Ronaldo went there. And this is when we started realizing what international soccer was. So, like, give me, oh. like... So, oh, you, okay, so you guys. Okay, this is, yeah, this like, is American. We talked about this, like, three times. Like, it was the year 2000. Okay, okay, I'm still, okay. I just, I'm only a Real Madrid fan at that point because I'm, I'm, I was a Juve fan because Zidane was at Juve. But I only see Zidane play at France. I never seen him play for Juve. Okay, I see okay. him knock out Brazil. For the World Cup, I never saw him play at UVA. So you never saw Sadat, you never saw Sadat play with David. Like you never saw two of them together. No, that's crazy. And is it right? It's wild. I YouTube years that's later crazy. got to see full games, but so you know. Okay, here's you know actually this. I mean, you know, Alex uh, through his interview, he also pointed out that like I was shocked, you know, because Alex is Nigerian as well. He pointed out that he didn't know any of these guys or whatever it is till Howard. You know, like, that's how crazy that was. Yeah. Um, but I'm always so part of it makes sense, you know, like when when um like when Mohan and I face this, but we're talking we're going long, right? Like, you know, they're talking about like, oh it's because 
like we're kind of outsiders. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like we're we're in America now, etc. But our, you know, like being in those places where we're from, that all that is all like football is every like the news, the the I mean the TV. Like, yeah. it's not a day when football is not. Like all the games are on, right? So it's like, funny, right? We didn't have a lot of channels, but we have right. all football channels. All, all football, <laughs> yeah. like that's the thing. Yeah, so you know, like I'm jealous. The I'm magazines, jealous. the like everything. So like when 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 whenever I'm talking to like other footballers, you know, like guys here, mm-hmm. and there's something I'm referencing, and, and they're like, oh, we get like like you know, we, you know <laughs> it's, it's just it's just. Phew! Yeah, bro. Like, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> yeah, bro, it was late. We got we got to the professional stuff, the teams, and being the fandom. We were DC United fans. Yep, that's what Alex said. <laughs> we were DC United fans. We went to DC United, and Eddie Pope was one of my favorite players. Still, still kind of is, but like it was Eddie Pope, Marco Echeverri, uh, Raul de Arce. These are the guys I nope. seen hand, but, in well, person. Uh, yeah, no, you know what I mean. Still, they're, they're ballers though. But like the fact that. You know, all this whole other world, like you know, it's all these existed. greats. That's crazy. That's right. wild. Bro, I'm literally it was a it's it was a, the the first time I realized like well the first time the international gang started coming over here and we could see them, I was hooked, bro. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, but I was still like trying to find Spain. Spain wasn't as accessible as the England games. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like England was everywhere, but Spain games were getting harder and harder. You had to have specific channels or whatever, but I was hooked. That's all I watched. You know, actually, you know how um, it would have been great if Americans saw the Italian league in the 90s. Hmm. Yeah, we saw Wade when he came here. I never seen Ronaldo play for Barcelona or Inter. Wow. That's... I saw him play. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you saw was at Madrid? Like, consistently like that outside of the world cup yes because he got hurt remember he got hurt yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like uh, okay. no, the reason i'm saying the reason i'm saying like if 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 um americans saw uh you know even like you know the the um epl you know late late 90s but what, I, what i'm talking about with um the the italian league from the early 90s to the mid 90s you not only is it amazing football but it's also flair as well. Like, you know, yeah. like there's so many personalities, you know, like- You, you remember Terrible have... West? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Like, like there's, there's so much style. Like, you know, it's even where Davies, you know, that's when he started with the goggles and, and the locks and all, like, like the, the reason I'm bringing this up, you know, because like a big part <laughs> of the, the game or not, not even football, but like sports period, right? Is, mm. is um, this, cool factor the culture you know like the coolness you know the culture the style the fashion like you know back in the 90 in the like that time i mean you like the uva pink jersey with the with the collar kill it like i mean you can't be like crazy was, you know what i mean like it would be <laughs> so crazy it would have been so crazy if like it was shown here i mean it would have really taken off. Like it would have been, it would have been out of this world. Um, yeah. I'm not sure why. Yeah, uh, yeah. doing that with the EPL. Yeah, like people didn't even like this is an international city, right? And they don't like even DC United don't really play into that enough. Yeah. So they didn't appreciate the the international people that would have loved that stuff here. So so for us, yeah, 
I don't like honestly when we talk about this stuff, you guys talk about things that the Italian league and these type of things. I get jealous because I'm like, I missed the whole era of the club side of the sport yeah. that I really could have dove into. And but it also gives me like this, you know, this, this my personal cool fact is that we just love the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we we had no intention that we Eddie Pope was cool. We had no intention of being like Eddie Pope. We wanted to be better than Eddie Pope. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Yeah. And we just carried that confidence, and that's what gave us confidence. Like, oh, we're going to ball out over a year because we were, like, completely ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Stephen Pinyard is one of the best players from South Africa. Completely ignorant that he's on the field. Nowadays, you can't go on the field without knowing who's on the op- opposing team. You know what I'm saying? Because there's that much information going around. YouTube's right there. You can look at the new crack as they come out of the, the womb, basically. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's available. But us, we were like, man, it's Ajax. We about to go. We just carry it like city kids carry. Like, oh, we about to go wash them real quick. Oh, they're good. Let me, you know, play smart. But, yeah, that was, yeah, we just, I don't know. We overachieved for kids that didn't know nothing about that type of stuff to really no, enjoy. Right. I feel like that's unheard of as well. Like, I don't know. Y'all talked to Larry. You talked to Biko. You talked to, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Biko had the most, yeah, according to his interview, he had the most education when it came to the sport. Jason had a couple of tapes here and there, but. Like to really be looking at people idolizing players or whatever, we had to wait to the World Cup. Wow. That's when it would be like a big deal. I, I don't know why we enjoy the game. I mean, I guess the World Cup really did it for us. World Cup '94. World Cup '94 was a crazy experience, but no, that's dope. I mean, and, and you see the power of media because I think you know in the U.S. in particular, really, what really pushed it was those Nike commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, you my know, favorite still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those Nike commercials around the World Cup, around the you know the '98 World Cup, around the 2002, etc. Um, really added that cool factor. You know what I mean? Like, cause then mm-hmm. it, be, it started becoming, you know, and then Drew, like, oh, okay, I see, I see. So yeah, no, that it's wild though, cause I mean, like, you guys would have loved. It. I mean, like, I can't even, like. If you saw Ronaldo at Barca. Pre-injury. Ronaldo. Ronaldo at Barca. Keith, when I tell you, it was like an out-of-body experience. Like, watch, watching it on YouTube, man, like, you can't even – it's it's like yeah. – I think that's one of his best seasons. It, yeah. I, I say it's his best – like, keep it out – Keith is going over, you know, numbers you or whatever see. he says. Oh. No, no, you said you – said, you say like you know, at, according to the numbers at Madrid, he scored you know this and that, etc. <laughs> when you when you talk about dominating, it was like you just be like it was just like I mean people were just like what is this guy doing like to the point where uh, it, it was it was too like it was too crazy for me like I was just like I've never seen you know I've never like I watch a lot of games mm-hmm. and I watch a lot of players. And his like his the jump from uh, PSV like his um, at PSV he was balling, but he wasn't balling like it wasn't even close. It was it literally was like like a guy coming out of high school, mm-hmm. and then they go to the league, and then all of a sudden they become like in in that one season they go from just a regular high school player they get drafted like you know they move that 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 was the PSV move. And he mm-hmm. goes to to Barca, and he is yeah, history. He's yeah, he's phenomenal, unplayable. Yeah, yeah, like he like it's just like what is going like this guy. 
It's yeah, crazy. I watched I watched the whole highlight really. That joke was 20 minutes. It's a 20 minute 20 minute YouTube video of him just killing from PSV to Real Madrid period. Like it was pre-Galactico era thing. I'm just like, dog, I missed all this. <laughs> like you you don't even understand. Like when we got to college, the idea, our first, the idea of first touch, the concept of having a good first touch was just solidified. You understand? Like, because now we're seeing it on TV, like, oh, these, like we had decent first touches, but these people have this, this way of controlling that joint don't bounce. So now you see us all like looking at that, like, oh, I got to work on my first touch. You know what I'm saying? Like these getting exposed to certain things after Alice got drafted, right? He comes, he goes to Chicago, do the things, comes back to visit. And we're playing like a small side pickup game. Alex's touch is another level. Right, when we're playing one-two touch, and Alex's touch is just too clean. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, we still got to get better. We're still getting because we're not. We're just ignorant. Like, I have no idea. Larry said, don't didn't know how to run properly for the first part of his life because it was just running because nobody taught us these things. These these professional players had trainers and everything. We're not even knowing. We're trying to get to this level that we can't really obviously on paper. We're not supposed to even touch. You know what I'm saying? So, and we just passionate in this fighting our way to this area, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, for us to be, like, I feel like a lot of the stuff that happened is so already unheard of. I just might, we just add, need to add on to it, you know what I mean? Because every time, uh, Mike Banner, he was a beast when he was little, goes to Brazil, comes back, he's a different player altogether, you know what I'm saying? Like, now his touch is like, this, that ball's dead on his left. He's shiftier. It's a confidence on the ball. It's a swag on the jump. Like, well, how long? What did you do in Brazil? He played every day with other Brazilians, and these guys are just not even pros. They're, you know what I mean? He's on the beach. He's in the futsal courts. He's playing with no shoes. He's doing this. His idea of touching the ball has changed. He's a world, a different player. And then it's just bananas to me. You know what I mean? Like, but I feel like if the if that crop of that generation of players, because like most of the guys I'm talking about, Ed, Amir, all these guys were all all met in DC. Like they were the best players in this players in this area for like like 10, like not 10 years, about four years. That four year period it was just straight ballers. If there was coaches that did were like us, giving this up, that that team would have done what Philip Jab, you get we get to talk to him, he'll tell you about Club Espana, where they beat everybody in the country. That team would have did that same thing. Cause they were People we just got introduced to the sport. Now we know what the the highest level looks like. It's a squad of athletes. Like Alex is one of the fastest. Alex, Larry, Mike, Man is like three of the fastest people on earth. There's a guy named Munir that we should talk to, who's does crazy stuff with the ball. There's Jason, who was like the he was literally American Ronaldo. That's what he was touted as. I'm even in the interviews. I wanted to talk about this too. These guys really was humble in the interviews, and so I'm gonna talk about them. There, Jason Jason Gross was humble about his jump. He was literally the best player in America for at least a year. We're, hands down, there was nobody talking about nobody else but like Jason. Then he got hurt, but he was that he was the beast, right? Alex was supposed to go to like Clemson or something like that. He was doing so much with his team. He was supposed to go to Clemson. He was un, he can't get past him. He's one of the fastest people on earth. I remember watching one game. It was D.C. United Reserves versus uh, Chicago Fire Reserves. He's playing right center back. And they had this 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 uh, Haitian dude up top for Chicago Fire that they were precise. I'm like, oh, he's so fast. He's so strong. You know, oh, he's just so phenomenal. Boo-de-boo. Alex, let him get ahead of steam. 
because he took that personal. You know what I'm saying? He had a Michael Jordan moment. He let him <laughs> <laughs> he let him get ahead of steam just so he could walk him down, right? Just so he could do that stuff. And I was like, man, that's crazy. They he was supposed to be the next Tony Sane. Remember Tony Sane? He was supposed to be him, but they were like, nah, we already got Tony. There was so much stuff that these guys were doing. Michael Banner was supposed to be the one of the craziest left forwards. Larry's a bucket, you know what I'm saying? But they put them away from the goal. They put left Michael Banner at left wing back. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but these these four or five guys would have been class, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's a it's a squad. I can I can list the whole bunch of players that really did need that needed that uh that platform. Yeah, and coaches like us, because the mistakes were made. Yeah. We missed on our American Messi like 20 million times already by now. You know what I mean? Our American Neymar, our American Ronaldo. So mistakes were made, and we need to be the ones that make sure those mistakes don't happen. You know what I mean? So that when it happens, they're like, oh, yeah, that came out of DC 11, and we just, you know, be cool about it. You know, we ain't got to act like, you know, arrogant about it. You know, just be cool about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> We got one more. If you want another one? We got another one coming. You feel me? There's another one right there. We got another, we got a girl. We got a girl. Uh, what's Darren says now? Eva. Eva. We got a young Eva. Oh, you got young Eva coming right out the pen, but we got more of them. We're not making the mistakes y'all make. We're not we're not turning the best. What was it? What was my dad for? Uh, where do you play Pele? We're not making that mistake. Where do you play Pele? Not doing that. I, it, it it bothers me every time I watch it. That's a mistake Mourinho makes, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Right? yeah, I know. That's the whole other. Anyway, we got we got to end this. We got to end this because this guy is gonna just keep keep this. Yeah, yeah. Mourinho. <laughs> Mourinho. You never know. Mourinho is the type. Pele at left back. I'm gonna Mourinho. Pele at right back. He's coming off the bench at left back. Mourinho is the type to watch this. Actually, like he's the type to check us out and be like, "Oh, all these guys. You know what I mean? They're talking about me." Yeah. Um, no, but it, you know, it's been a pleasure. We the thing is, we do this every single day at practice. <laughs> practice is supposed to be over at seven. We end up leaving eight so the, the, the practice actually ends. The kids leave, etc. We end up leaving eight, eight fifteen, eight thirty, etc. Just yeah. talking the game, etc. So you know, I mean, like, um, it's crazy the the amount of content. <laughs> I keep. I always say, you know, I always say, we had a like a documentary or a recorder around us. It'll be like people be like, how do these like how can they talk about the game so much in so many different ways? You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, we need it, to get that. Let's do a documentary, a mini mini doc. No, I know, I know, I know. You know, it's in the works. We it's got, got some right now, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah, Is yeah, it yeah. part of it? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we, all, all, Put it on record. Keith. <laughs> Sucker the third said it here first. Mourinho was not that good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave my guy alone, man. Yeah. How, how can keep? How can people get in touch with you um, if they want to chat? Um, you hit my IG, GBE underscore Carnival Keith. Um, is it Car? Is Carnival Keith now? Um. That's that's it. I'm the only one I'm giving out for the public. I don't want I don't want a bunch of hate mail from Mourinho fans. Don't <laughs> my phone up. <laughs> I don't want if this goes too far. I don't want people being like, you said this about this. You know what I'm saying? Just, <laughs> my DMs are blockable. So, 
Got it. They can follow me there. Um, All All right, man. It's been a pleasure. And of yeah. course, we will do many more of these. Yeah. Thanks, Keith. Thanks no a lot. No problem, fellas. Thank you, guys.